I don't want you to not feel special. I mean, I don't want you to feel special. I don't want you between those two. I'm a special little snowflake. Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation where we find the coolest university technologies so that you don't have to. We want to serve up solutions to some of the biggest problems that we see today, and we want to add to the volume of those innovations and hopefully help them find the oxygen they need to become actual things that can help people. Uh, thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Tyler Scher, PhD and science wizard. What's going on, Tyler? Hey, not a lot. I'm recording a podcast with you. How are you doing? <laughs> That's right. I knew we were supposed to be doing something today. Uh, also with us is Joe Rungi, Dr. Law Dog, an entrepreneurial werewolf. Hey there, Mr. Newspaper. Also diva. Um, diva in residence. <laughs> I do prefer word monkey. Word monkey. Yes. Word monkey. I'm writing it down. Blacksmith. <laughs> word monkey smith. And some of those words include, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate Please tell your friends. Please go out and talk to complete strangers on the bus. Point to your earbuds and say, innovation overground, baby, because that's what we need. We need listeners. We do. And that does help us spread the word about some of these cool technologies and give them the exposure they need so they can get that uh, extra development to make them become actual things, which is kind of our point here. Um, okay. All that said, <clears throat> I think it's about time that we went over something I saw on the interwebs, a uh, company called... Viome, so hmm. it's like biome, but spelled with a, a V. Very clever. Okay. Um, and I think what they do is you mail them your duty. Sure. Not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah. <laughs> not really sure about if you just put it in an envelope or a you know a Ziploc bag, fecal sample. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure of the process. It's, there. Probably, wait, wait, it's wait. probably airtight. They probably have a kit, right? You can't just you it, know. It's oh, a, it's a kit. I'm <laughs> that, sure. Yeah, it's that a, might explain some of the phone were, calls I've been getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to box that up yourself. <laughs> Huh. All right. I need extra to go chamber. Right. I'm going to need to make a phone call. Uh, <laughs> uh, why do, music. Well, anyway, I think what they do is they analyze the, the your biome, the, the, the critters living inside your gut. Yep. And they basically tell you what you should or shouldn't be eating or anything. What do you think of that? As a yeah. scientist, explain to me. Should Science I do it? Wizard. I, was, I was really thinking about it. Seriously. Yeah, you, you, can, it? you can learn a whole lot from uh, from your gut critters. Yeah. So we, we have- Cool. Uh, so, we have trillions of bacteria living in our bodies. We're technically more, or at least about the same uh, number of bacterial cells as we are our cells. So your, that's crazy. Your really? view of yourself should include fifty percent bacteria or more. I remember seeing somewhere, and just a small tangent. I read somewhere that there was a a, a person who had uh, really bad allergies. Oh, and infected yeah, sure. themselves with, I think, like hookworm or whatever it is that grows. Like you pick it up from walking around barefoot and dirt sort of and stuff. Parasitic worm infection, sure. Yeah, 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 and then no more allergy problems. Yeah, I don't been, know how there's been stories of that too. Yeah, yeah. well, so, that, yeah. So the, again, yeah, you're, you're, a little different. I know it's not more time with the biome exactly, but it's an interesting interaction that you don't really think about. Yeah, how all these things play with each other. Sure, they all interact with each other, and yeah. how your immune, our immune systems really uh, it gets informed, instructed, and taught by um, or in part through interactions with the bacteria in our intestine and along the intestinal line. So. Yeah, all of this, um, all of this is very well connected, and we've known this for a long time now. We've known that diet and nutrition isn't simply isn't simple thermodynamics. It's not simply calories in equals calories out, right? There's different qualities of calories, and on top of that, there's 
there's a vast difference between people's ability to digest and process efficiently, right? And a lot right. of that has to do with the with your gut microbiome, with the population of bacteria that help you do a lot of the digesting. That's the thing that, that blows my mind. So just yeah. a certain kind of foods in, inhibit or encourage, I guess, a certain different bacteria. We're talking about bacteria, right? We're talking about bacteria here, yeah. And okay. so you take antibiotics and you throw all that into right. out of whack right and we've okay. known we, so again we've known this for a while so we, we you want to talk about a couple of patents down memory lane here so interestingly in the uh in the, in the 50s 50s and 60s we had a couple of pharma companies merck eli Lilly, were patenting the uh this livestock feed that had a new novel compound that promoted growth rapid growth novel okay. compounds literally penicillin and one of them um, <laughs> wait isn't yeah. that the opposite doesn't that kill all of the bacteria? Yes, and it makes your livestock fatten up a lot more quickly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh. Well, because the bacteria <laughs> ain't eating the food. It's killing your healthy, yeah, good populations of oh, bacteria. Man. That is yeah. such a pharma move. Right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's kind of a, yeah. So we've anyway, we've known that, that, uh, that, your, that your gut microbiome in mammals impacts, impacts weight um, and growth. Uh, for a long time, and we haven't really made that connection until recently in people. Um, so, so, th- so this, I'm is, fat this is legit. My so biome is out of whack. You're not fat. You're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Those things aren't mutually exclusive, I have Joe. Never been so blatantly lied to in my life. I'm offended deeply, sir. I meant it. It's it, it's, it's the long flowing locks. It's the, <laughs> the mane. I've always is it been, the mullet? I've always been a little intimidated. I'm not going to lie. At that moment, just oh broke it free. God. No, but yeah, so at this point now, I mean, the microbiome, the Human Microbiome Project and others have really narrowed down exactly what populations of gut bacteria are good. In general, having a more diverse uh, population is good. We know okay. that. That's and I, I, Without having to dive into the research and geek out too much on you, right, I right. can tell you that <laughs> diversity is good. So in any, in any environment, diversity of species is good, including the gut, which is actually its own okay. environment. So what, what do you do then to encourage a, a diverse gut, bi- a gut biome? Yeah, so prebiotics and probiotics actually can work if done correctly. And I have a cool technology that's related. So there's a, uh, oh, hey, a, a probiotic that is just is incorporated. It is it yogurt? It's not. No, <laughs> it's in a different food. It's not yogurt this time. Okay. So this is out of uh, Brandeis, Drs. It's Kenneth Hayes and go-gurt. Daniel Perlman. It's 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 squeezable, drinkable. Yogurt. Shut up, Charlie. I want to hear. <laughs> so it's, what, it's Danimals. <laughs> so what they Sorry. did was they were able to to create novel compositions and methods of manufacturing healthy butters and other other uh, lipids I, and fats. I like butter. So right. is it is it dairy or is it lipid based? It's it's lipid based. Okay. So I mean, well, it's, hold on. It's, what's it's, the difference? Are, well, because there's non dairy lipids. Yeah. I mean, oh. you can get it from seeds for like okay. almonds yeah. or whatever else, sunflower, peanut butter, whatever. So people yeah, with so. like, a, would that be for people with like a lactose intolerance or people? No, no, that no. Want no. It? It's just like the they need lipids to. I'm assuming make the. Is it the the lipids are kind of what attract the probiotics or? So they, what they literally did, they just figured out a way to basically incorporate live bacteria and let and maintain their viability for up to a year at room temperature inside a spreadable butter. Uh. So different flavors of butter. Yeah, okay. and so I mean, it, it it's it can be healthy butters. That sounds um, awesome. Yeah, if it's spreadable at room temperature, it's generally a healthier butter than if it's uh if it's 
That means it's uh, uh, polyunsaturated. Yeah, you got, you got your, you got your saturated. unsaturated. Saturated. Your saturateds are better than your your unsaturated. Oh, is that what right? we're saying in, in general? Yeah, I don't know. That changes yeah. all the time too, as well as the <laughs> nutritional science. It's, it keeps. Changing. That's what we yeah. need a yeti over. But we do know that if you get pre and probiotics, this can be good. So you can reseed good populations of bacteria. So a lot of uh, doctors are more or less prescribing probiotics now, along with antibiotics or post antibiotics. At this point, there's just enough evidence out there that this is good for you to reseed yeah. with healthy populations. So is it just butter then that they're looking about, uh, looking to do this kind of thing in, or is it, uh, can they do this, can they apply it to other different You know, I bet it could be applied. Condiments. To, yeah. Well, I, I, I think probiotic mayonnaise. In a, in a butter. What? <laughs> probiotic ketchup. Ma- mayonnaise is mostly, either it's fat and protein, right? It's a lot of like egg whites, it's like isn't egg it? white, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I made my um, own mayonnaise. So that's going to be a lot of protein. So can you make like probiotic almond milk, potentially? Uh, po- yeah, possibly, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, and speaking of lactose intolerance, um, you can manage the, that, uh, you can manage the symptoms actually with probiotics as well. So with, with, the, with the right populations of bacteria in your gut, you can it's not going to cure your lactose intolerance, so but it'll close, help manage is this, it. What sort of clearance does this need? Clearance? I mean, what kind of claims does it make? Does this does this need to go through FDA to become something on a shelf? Well, if they're making medical claims, yes. Okay. But if it's just being sold in the U.S. as part of any other nutro supplement, then no. <laughs> That's actually a really good question because yeah. the boundary between drugs and food is mm-hmm. pretty gauzy. Yeah, this doesn't so. sound like a medicine. So is this available now? Can so it depends on it how they market it's, it's it. It's patent it pending and it go one way okay. or another. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It could, if they're not, as long as they're not making uh, any medical claims, they could. Okay. For all the budding food entrepreneurs out there who want to be able to make probiotic soy milk and butter and other things made out of uh, cool fats, we will be sure to include a link uh, to a licensing opportunity for this technology okay. from Brandeis, you said? Brandeis. From yeah. Brandeis. Where is that? Where's Brandeis? Man, I don't know. Of course you had to ask where Brandeis Sorry, was. I don't is know. Is it in? I'm going to guess New York. <laughs> hold on a second. I have no clue. Uh, hold on. Right. Everybody very quiet for a second. Brandeis is in... So actually, Charlie, oh, you didn't give me a long enough break. There, Brandeis so. is on the moon. <laughs> it's amazing they get as much done as they do. Okay, that's kind of weird, but all right. Yeah, good for them. Um, is that I'm involved with the space elevator? It. Speaking of space elevator, uh, it's in Boston. That's what I said. I said Boston. You didn't hear me a minute ago. Oh man, I missed long? that. I'm sorry. I was fighting Yetis. <laughs> <laughs> so it's if you're gonna do a callback, we gotta we gotta do it so that it's been actually. This one's just for you, bro. Oh, all right. Thanks, buddy. It's not for our listeners. All right. Uh, is that it? No, we also have a very unrelated technology for health management. So as cool as it is to make probiotic new foods, um, people have been healthy eating old foods for a really long time. And I think that part of the reason why we have so much difficulty with with health management is and, and keeping healthy weights and, and eating the right foods is that we are so removed historically from the way human beings have eaten. We're living in cities and, and, and not sort of growing our own food and, and not um, um, having that connection that we used to have. So um, I wanted a technology that was kind of an off-the-grid, kill-what-you-eat sort of thing, but that's really more of a lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I found something that's almost as good. It's an mm. app out of Purdue, mm. and what it does is it does image recognition to look at the food you're eating, and then it gives you health information about it. And as, as someone who kind that of sounds wild, someone who did like a lot of personal quantification, right? Like to sit there and kind of figure out what you're actually consuming. And this was a couple of years ago, but there are apps out there to figure out like how many app calories are in an apple, and you can like track it in a spreadsheet. And all sure, that. and a lot of those read like QR codes and stuff too. But, right, but and, th- and, this, and so they're getting this just does image. They're processing? getting better, and so the idea is to sort of 
build a database yeah. that can image recognize common foods and then connect that to a nutritional database. And so Man, if you're I sitting there this. at your you know, family relative's picnic, right? You just take yeah. a picture of your plate and you know it can how is it going to know what's in a handball that's that's what i want to know so i think we will need a separate company for handball handball analytics llc okay looking for investment i don't know i don't know you it, maybe maybe you can consult with them to provide handball nutritional info well i don't know they're gonna it's a, there's it's like a 185 recipes they're all in iowa go to iowa that's okay that, that, you've got the job that's just Jeez, that's job down. security yeah what are you talking about <laughs> There's only one man who knows the handball ecosystem. I don't know who that is, <laughs> but uh, so 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 how does it work? Then you take a picture of just like any food, or does that be the packaging or no? Like the whole goal, like the way they sort of lay it out is they're they're aspiring to build algorithms that can figure out what it is you're eating by just looking at it. You know, like you do, right? God, that seems too variable, doesn't it? I don't know. Like, I mean, I think that to a certain extent, even if it doesn't necessarily know what you're looking at, there are sort of characteristics of food that could sort of, you know, close. But can you it. fairly compare like a, I don't know, barbecue chicken pizza with a pepperoni pizza? I mean, I mean is probably. it going to be able to tell the difference? I mean, if you're like standing in line at the grocery store and they have to like post like the calorie, like at Costco, right? Yeah. The calorie difference between a slice of pepperoni pizza versus Supreme pizza versus cheese pizza. Like one... If I remember right, the cheese pizza is the second most, the supreme is the most, and the pepperoni is the least, which isn't what you'd expect. But if you think about it, like I've never looked so <laughs> Right. But like the point yeah. is is they're all within like ten percent of each other. So okay. if you're willing to tolerate a certain amount of, you know, non specificity, yeah. okay. that sort of can correlate. But the other thing that the app could do that's a little bit different is you could look at the actual size of what you're eating. So mm, you can think about like, like a portion control, maybe. Right. Oh, so you so just how need many... to keep with you a quarter at all times for scale. Right. Or it just good. knows how big a plate is, right? And then well, the idea I've got is... pretty big plates. That's true. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how I get around my portion control problems. I use bigger plates. That's actually or also called a five gallon bucket. <laughs> <laughs> five gallon. Just eat out of a trough. <laughs> Well, We're that. getting honest. <laughs> kind of feel like we need to keep going, but probably stop recording. Okay. <laughs> is, is it going to recommend that I don't eat the whole bag of chips in one sitting? <laughs> it's just going to tell you the consequences. Depends on the size of the bag. Also, you got to get a good picture of it. Okay. But like, I mean, honestly, we could probably just retrofit it to your Instagram. So if our brains were directly connected to this app. <laughs> okay. I think it's time to come to ground on this one. Uh, please take a moment to look at the feature technologies. We'll include links to both the uh, probiotic oils as well as the uh, smartphone app to evaluate nutritional health of food. Learn more about those technologies, so check those program notes. Also, thank you to our sponsors, Unimed, the Tech Transfer Office for the University of Nebraska, and the KVNO Recording Studios at the University of Nebraska at Omaha. For Tyler Sharon, Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton saying thank you, and join us again on Unimed's Innovation Overground.